Welcome to You Need a Coach, Bitch. I'm your host, Chris Hale. I'm a certified life coach and coach instructor. I'm also a master dance educator and self-proclaimed Zenial Pop Diva. Every week, I bring you a conversation to help you harness your inner authority by popping the patriarchy and crafting the life of your dreams. Are you ready to unleash your inner creator? Let's go. Hey besties, how are you doing? I'm doing amazing. Today is going to be like a super short little episode. I didn't want to leave you hanging. Um, But I am right now in Connecticut at the Coaches Forum hosted by Trudy LeBron. I'm sure I've talked about Trudy before, but... um, Trudy is a DEI coach. She is the DEI coach for the Life Coach School, where I worked and trained. And she started the Institute for Equity-Centered Coaching in the past year, which I'm a member of. And I just love the way that she is so passionate about making sure there are standards in the coaching industry. And when I hear her talk, It reminds me so much of the way that I feel about dance, right? Like the things, there are like basic things about dance that I want people to understand. There are basic things about the body that I want people to understand. There are misconceptions about the body that I want people to understand. There are ways in which we were trained as dancers through imagery and metaphor that while they create a quality of movement that we might want. They're not functionally, anatomically sound. And so they can be very confusing. And if we could all just understand that, like, you have to use your quad to straighten your leg. So when you're telling someone not to grip their quad, when they're doing a developé, they're like, I don't know how to do that. And yes, we could discuss the difference between grip and engage. And like, that is language. And that is how we create quality. But a child walks away from that encounter thinking, I'm not supposed to use my quad. And then they get all fucked up in the head because like they can't do it. And dancers are already like crazy perfectionists. I am one, so I'm going to call us out on that. But you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'm not doing it right. I'm terrible. I'm never going to get it. And we start with these narratives. And it's really just because there was like information missing Um, There was something we didn't understand and there was no standard set for us to be able to understand what the basics are from a real like scientific background. And that's, I think, what is so amazing is like how um, much scholarship has gone into Trudy's work as a coach and her lens of like she does DEI through a coaching lens which I think is totally revolutionary. And I always feel like, I don't know, I've said this before about myself and and my husband, Kaylin. It's like, I always felt like we were like a little bit ahead of our time. And I still feel that way in a lot of ways um, in what I'm doing now, even as a coach. And and the reason I say this about myself and Kaylin is like, we were incorporating like mindfulness and mindset and coaching into dance back in like 2010, And like, this was before Instagram, really. And this was before, like, 
the the accessibility of this kind of information and like we were joining like the mindset work right and and that like sort of more neuroscientific approach to like how we learn and the way our thinking affects our learning and all of those things with the scientific anatomical stuff and then bringing that into the dance and creating really amazing, aware, strong, um, confident, competent dancers. And there might've been other people out there doing that. I think that that sometimes happens in academia, but like not everybody has access to that, right? There's an access issue when it comes to like, okay, well, this is happening in like academia, but like not everybody gets to go to college and not everybody gets to be in the kind of program where like there is a collective education, like crossing, sort of a crossing of the information between discipline, between, um, you know, taking the anatomical information and actually bringing it into the classroom versus just them taking an anatomy class where they learn like what bones are where and what muscles move those bones sort of right like learning origin and attachment point which like okay that's fine that maybe gives me a theoretical understanding or like a practical understanding of like how a, how a, i might move my limbs but that doesn't give me an experiential understanding of how that works and how it all interplays so anyway I'm just very impressed. I've always loved Trudy. Trudy wrote a book called The Anti-Racist Business Book. It's a really amazing book. Um, And there are just a couple of things that I feel are really, like my day one takeaways. And it really is this like conversation of like a little bit like being ahead of your time. And I think that so many, especially creatives, and now I'm feeling like definitely as I'm on my neurodivergent journey, like so many neurodivergents, like we just see things differently or we're able to see a bigger picture and right. We can connect so many dots that other people can't. And this question of like, what is the problem and how do you see it differently? I think is where that being ahead of our time can kind of come into play. And the piece that I was missing that I've always been missing that I feel like has made me kind of frustrated because I'm like, I don't know how to get to the people. I don't know how to like pull people in. I feel like, you know, for lack of a, a better way of saying it, like, it's like, I'm not being understood. Right. And it's not because like what I'm saying is hard to understand. It's just that like people aren't having the conversation yet. And oftentimes when the conversation's not being had yet, people aren't paying attention to you. And I'm not the kind of person that is like trying to loudly have the conversation in people's faces so that I'm like, hey, pay attention to me over here. And when I realized the piece is like, I don't have to do that. I don't have to like be loud and push it in people's faces. What I was missing, and I imagine what a lot of you are missing, is that this other question that she asked, which is, what do people need to understand that will keep them in the conversation? And I've said this so many times. I say it to my clients all the time when we're talking about, um, you know, marketing and their offers and like being out there in the world. I'm always like, well, you know, to what level do you need to educate your audience? But like, 
okay, fine. That's a great question. But like, what the fuck does that actually mean? Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) And I think that this question really crystallizes it. Like, what do people need to understand that will keep them in the conversation is a much more direct way of asking that. Um, And it kind of gets us into action mode a little bit more. Like, yes, like the education piece is action, but I think it gives the education of the our audience an intention or a direct path of like, all right, if we think a little bit about this and not from a manipulative place. And I think one of the things that came up in this conference is like, we're just gonna, we're gonna um, from now on understand that everything we're talking about is under we're under the assumption that there is consent there, right? Because that is like one of the main values, right, of this company. Um, it's one of my main values, right? Like we want our coaching to be consensual. So we're just going to assume, right, anything I'm talking about is under the assumption that we've gotten consent for it, right? So, and when when marketing is hard because like we need to hand that over. Like we don't have control over who looks at our stuff, but like online, there is this assumed consent that like, if you are looking at my stuff online, then you consent to seeing it. Right. Um, So we just, we got to go there. Like that's got to be baseline. But anyway, if we look at it from a perspective of like, we got to sell, right? Like, like that's just a part of it, right? Whether you're an entrepreneur or you are, um, you're an artist trying to sell your work, which does make you an entrepreneur, but like, maybe you're not thinking about it from a, the sense of like building a business, which is totally fine. Like, you know, there are lots of ways to engage with art and even selling art. Um, and you don't have to think about it, like in terms of like, you're building a business. We do want to have like some sound business practices. Anyway, this is not the point. The point is... <laughs> If we look at it from a perspective of like, there are people who need this. I see this problem differently than other people. And there are people that need this solution if they could understand it the way that I understand it um, and sort of like flip the script, so to speak, on on this problem and, and not try to approach it from the same conventional space that other people are approaching it from then it's like, okay, that's baseline. I want, like, I know people need this and I know that like them seeing it this way is going to be the thing that changes them, but they're not quite there yet. So the first step is keeping them engaged, keeping them in the conversation. Okay, how do I do that? All right, what is the what is the thing I haven't said? What is the piece that is missing that they don't understand that like maybe they're gonna be resistant to one part of it but there's going to be a part of it that they vibe with that. They're like, oh yeah, okay. I see what you're saying there. Hmm, that's super interesting to me, right? And that's going to keep them engaged in the conversation so that then we can continue to build that rapport and we can build that sort of safety. And then eventually they might become customers. They might buy from us. They might engage more in our work right? Because we were able to create that sense of connection and safety by just keeping them involved in the conversation without the hope of a sale, right? Without the hope of getting anything out of it, 
other than just helping them, educating them, helping them, showing them that there can be another way of seeing the problem. And maybe that is that it's not a problem, right? That's a possibility too. So that's sort of my main takeaway from from day one. Um, we also talked a little bit about leadership last night. And that was an interesting conversation. We we had the opportunity to split up into groups. And one was like talking about self-development as it pertains to coaching specifically and leadership. And I was like, oh, self-development, I'm going to go there. And then I was like, no, don't do that. Someone recently, um, but it was actually Melanie who was on the podcast for human design. I was like, oh, being a reflector, blah, 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 wine, wine, wine. And she was like, you just need to lead us. Like, don't worry about being like trying to be in the world with us, just like be a leader. And I was like, ew, I don't know if I can be a leader. And like, I, if there is a portion of that, it's like, I don't want to be, there's like a hierarchical like thing going on there where like, I don't, it's not about like not being among the people because I'm better than the people. It's that like, I have issues being around people <laughs> um, and being out in the world. I think I've talked about the fact that I barely leave my house. So um, it's not from that kind of a space. It's like, I'm navigating um, what it's like for me to be in the world and have so much more awareness now of the impact that the world has on me. Um, but yeah, anyway, she was just talking about like, you know, just, just lead, just, you can lead. And I, I've always had a very, very resistant relationship to the idea of being a leader. And so it was an interesting conversation that we had about leadership. And I think one of the things that that I can remember just in regard to that. And maybe I'll talk more about leadership. I, maybe I'll do a whole episode on it. I don't even know. But one of the things I think is really important is um, the fact that I, I've i always kind of been of the mind of, you know, when you know better, you do better. When you know better, you teach better. And it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to say one thing on a Tuesday and then change your mind on a Wednesday, but you need to be accountable to that. You need to say like, listen, this is what I was teaching before, right? Like I did this with dance, right? When I learned about the body and it was like, Hey, so I taught you this before and guess what? We're not going to do that anymore because I learned something new and this is what it is. And this is how we're going to do this from now on. And that could change again. It's actually a really funny story. I had been, <laughs> I had been teaching um, specifically about rotation, like external rotation in the legs and you know really activating that rotation and really like focusing in on that and i had been teaching this and like drilling it into people and i was working with my students um, in my training program and they were they had gotten so like scared to move that um it just wasn't productive anymore and one night I was just like, just forget it. Like, let's do a plie. I don't want you to think about your rotators. Like I wanted them to find movement, like just freedom of movement in their plie. But I remember my friend was in the class. She just came to take ballet class with us that night. Um, and just, like, I was teaching this lesson and I could, like, she didn't know where I was going with the lesson. <laughs> and I could see her face being like, oh my God, what do you mean? What? I can't use my, like, I'm not allowed to use my rotators. Like she was like freaking out. And then we like finally got to like where I was like, okay, now add back in, focus on your rotators and like see how that feels. But it was just so funny. Like you could see like her resistance to like, you know, that idea in the moment. Um, and she's not like my student student. She's my friend who's coming to take my class, which is a different relationship. 
but it was just so funny um, how people can, like when you're, when you've been consistently one way, there might be resistance to you changing. And so a piece that is missing is this idea of like the accountability and explaining the process, because at the end of the day, what are we trying to do? I'm trying to teach people how to think in a way that serves them. And so if I can share my process of like, I did it this way, this is what happened. This is the way I'm changing my mind around it and and model for them what it looks like to change your mind and change your thinking and think critically about things. That's the skill that I want them to have because I'm not trying to teach compliance. I'm not trying to say, do what I do. Like, this is your experience. I want you to like learn how to think about it so you can process that. And that's going to teach you more about what is good and right and authentic for you. All right, my friends, that's all I have for you today. I hope you have an amazing, amazing day. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. If you are loving the podcast, it's time to put a ring on it. It would mean the world to me if you would do one or all of these things. First off, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts or all the places podcasts are available if you want to be extra. While you're there, giving a five-star rating and leaving a review would be epic. And lastly, spreading the love by sharing your favorite episode would be beyond. Thanks, love. We'll talk soon.